What up, squad? It's your boy, Dr. Peyton Vickers. I'm a licensed chiropractor in the great state of Texas. I specialize in rehabilitation and performance enhancement. I talk all things biomechanics, fitness, health, mindset, and overall wellness. I believe that life is a sport, and that if you have a body, you're an athlete. So grab your whiskey, grab your wine. This is the Whiskey, Wine, and Spine podcast. Cheers, y'all. All right, let's get this party started. So, um, we're gonna do something fun today. Uh, I think I think you know I've been getting a lot of questions lately, and I think uh, my mind is a little bit different than the average bear. Um, and I just wanted to kind of dive into that. I'm literally gonna give y'all kind of an inside look of how I think and how I coach. Um, just because I, you know, again, I think there are things in social media that I don't <laughs> I don't always agree with. And for those of you who do know me uh, well enough, y'all know that. I usually speak out against it, and I know that y'all know it because a lot of y'all will send me videos of stupid people doing stupid things, um, like doing one-legged front squat pistol squats on a BOSU ball or something along those lines. Um, and just to preface, I don't really think that they're stupid. Um, I just think that they are misguided, I guess is the best way I can put that. So... Yeah, today's going to be a lot of fun because you get to take a look inside my mind, how I think, how I look at things, how I assess things, yada, yada, yada. The way I coach is typically against the social media norm. Some of y'all know this. Like I said, talking about the whole BOSU ball thing. Um, I, I don't know. Like, wh- what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Why? I see, I don't know, man. I see a lot of people doing a lot of crazy things in the gym. And, and I just, at the end of the day, I just want to simplify things. It really doesn't have to be that difficult. Um Although most, some of these things are actually wildly impressive, they're pointless, and that's kind of what I want to get at. Um, so, I live by many quotes, whether we're talking about life or coaching or whatever, but one quote that is very near and dear to my heart is by Gray Cook, who said, we must first move well and then move often. If we first don't move well, then moving often doesn't matter. Um, I, I got to read that one more time. We must first move well and then move often. If we first don't move well, then moving often doesn't matter. This is insanely important to me because I really, really think people skip so many steps. But we're gonna get it. We're gonna get into that in just a moment. But yeah, so let's let's chit chat a little bit. So I have uh, four objectives that I really live by. Okay, um, it's almost like a pyramid. So we're just gonna imagine that pyramid, and that pyramid is in four sections horizontally so from bottom to top um the foundation the absolute foundation what starts it all in my mind why people should be in the gym objective number one the most important thing is to reduce risk of musculoskeletal injury that's why we get in the gym um most people have different goals which is fine but i'm here to i'm here to to try to change people's mindsets i really want people to understand because if i can get y'all to understand um, really what the gym is for and, and what it's capable of actually doing. I think how people train is going to be um, maybe a little bit different. Maybe we can find some, um, you know, find some stuff that actually works for you. I know a ton of people that are doing workouts that they hate and, you know, you don't have to do that. Objective number two, maximize physiological performance. Objective number three, improve physical performance. And then objective number four, which is aesthetics or just straight up looking good. Now, what we'll see here is that objective number four is aesthetics. It's the last objective. It's the least important in my mind to look good 
is the least important in my mind. And let me preface something. Whenever I bring this up, whenever I bring up the objectives, people think that I don't care about aesthetics. That's not it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I have different objectives that are before that. You're going to look good whenever I coach you. You're going to look much better whenever I coach you. There are just different objectives that are there as well. How we get there is going to be very, very, very important, if not more important um, than the actual results or goals. So I just want to preface with all that. I don't want you thinking that I don't care about what you look like because at the end of the day, I want to look good too. It's important to me. But again, objective number one, reduce risk of musculoskeletal injury. Objective number two, maximize physiological performance. Objective, objective number three, improve physical performance. And then objective number four is aesthetics. Again, we're going to dive into this so that y'all can really understand why I think this way. Um, now, how do we start? How do we start all this stuff, right? I mean, do you just go to the gym? You start jogging? Do you just kind of wake up one day and you're like, all right, today's the day. I'm going to go, I'm going to go for a jog. I'm going to go for a three mile run or something along those lines. Um, at the end of the day, um, another quote that I live by, I don't even know if it's a quote as much as it's a motto, um, is the hardest part of anything is starting, which is true. At least in my mind, I'm terrible at starting things. I'm like a diesel engine. It takes a while for me to start, but once I get started, I'm hooked. Um, and it's really difficult to get me to stop. Um, but, but where do we start? I mean, truly, where do we even begin? Do I just send people programs? Do I um, give people advice? What do y'all do? Do y'all just kind of again? Do y'all just wake up and decide that you're gonna go for you're gonna go to the gym? Do you write stuff down? Do you go to bodybuilding.com and look up Steve Cook's super pump chest workout or something like that? Like, what do you do? Is going to the personal trainer where everyone should begin? I mean, like, where do people actually begin? And again. There are so many prerequisites to lifting weights and people just don't even realize it. I mean, why riddle me this? Why would I even put a barbell on someone's back if they can't even breathe correctly? I mean, you should you should be able to breathe correctly. Am I wrong? So why would I put a barbell on your back if you can't breathe appropriately? And yes, there is a proper way to breathe. Okay. In fact, you know what? Uh, let's just let's go ahead and talk about it. Um, I follow a set of rules, which is dictated by my functional continuum. Um, and my functional continuum looked a lot like this. I'm not going to dive into the depths of it because it's going to take me a thousand years to get through this. So I'm just going to kind of brush it, so y'all really understand. But the functional continuum looks like this: Do you breathe properly? No. Okay, then you need to work on breathing. If you do breathe properly, then ask ask yourself this: Do you have proper mobility? No, okay, then you need to work on mobility. If you do have proper mobility, ask yourself this. Do you have proper motor control? No, then you need to work on stabilizing range of motion. If you do have proper motor control, ask yourself this. Can you perform essential human movements? No, then you need to work on body weight movements. And we'll tap into what those essential human movements are. But let's say that you can perform those essential human movements. Ask yourself this, do you have body relative strength? No, you need to work on progressive resistance training. Now, this is where people love to jump. They want to jump to the progressive resistance training, the weightlifting. This is where they jump. Now, 
I said, do you breathe properly? Do you have proper mobility? Do you have proper motor control? Can you perform essential human movements? And then, do you have body relative strength? So this is where people start. And you can see, I mean, we're passing up four very important things. Breathing, mobility, motor control, and essential human movements. So in my opinion, we need to make sure that we're starting appropriately, I guess. The only way to figure that out, honestly, in my own opinion, is to test it yourself or find someone who knows how to test it, aka a coach. Um, now, if you do have body relative strength, then ask yourself this. Do you have proper endurance? Now, proper endurance is, it just depends on who you are. Like for me, I stand all day long. I'm walking all day long. I adjust people all day long. I do manual therapy all day long. So my endurance is going to look a little bit different than an accountant. What does the accountant require? And again, this is just to start things. Okay, we're just talking about starting. Because some people are like, you know, you if, if, if your life doesn't require that much endurance, then that, that doesn't mean that you don't have to go on jogs or you shouldn't go on jogs, which I agree with 100%. Again, this is just where we're starting. My endurance, I literally require a little bit more endurance than most people because I'm literally on my feet all day long. This is, you know, it's important. I mean, this is literally why I bought Yeezys. And I'm not kidding. This is a real story. My buddy Ron is my best friend. He has like 38 pair and he kept wanting me to buy Yeezys and I couldn't justify getting Yeezys. I'm already off topic. This is awesome. <laughs> and um, and he said, hey, wear these shoes. They're the most comfortable shoes you'll ever wear. If, if you don't like them, I will, I will leave you alone. I wore them and for the first time ever, my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. So I actually got a tax write-off for my Yeezys. Pretty funny. But at, at the end of the day, I am standing all, all day long. I'm walking. Um, so my endurance is a little bit different. So every now and then I will jog or I'll go like rock climbing or something like that. And that's important to know too. Endurance doesn't always mean jogging. My endurance, I'll go like rock climbing and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so that can look a, a, a lot or I guess in a bunch of different ways as far as endurance goes. But just ask yourself that question. Now, if you don't have proper endurance, then obviously we need to work on aerobic capacity. And if you do have proper endurance, do you have sports or activity specific qualities? And if you don't, then obviously we need to work on your speed, your power, your hypertrophy and your skill. So just to kind of recap on that. Do you breathe properly? Do you have proper mobility? Do you have proper motor control? Can you perform essential human movements? Do you have body relative strength? Do you have proper endurance? <clears throat> and do you have sport activity specific qualities? Okay. So breathing is, is extremely important. I think it's, it's very, um, it's wildly underrated, wildly underrated. The heart and the diaphragm are the two most used muscles in the body. How do you know that, Dr. Vickers? Well, do math, dude. It's pretty obvious. Your heart never stops and you never stop breathing and unless you die. So they're always on, constantly moving. The diaphragm, for those of you who don't know, your lungs don't like contract, right? The diaphragm is a dome-shaped muscle that is directly underneath the lungs. And whenever it contracts, it actually moves downwards, like into the gut almost. So it creates a negative pressure within the chest. And that's how we get air into the chest, right? All the diaphragm does is move downwards and it creates space that needs to be filled. That's it. Now, because of that, um, if you do breathe appropriately, your gut should actually go outwards. 
This is why belts are very popular. A lot of people don't know how to use belts. There's a reason why people put belts on and before they take a squat, what do they do? <gasps> and take a uh, big breath and then they hold it because they're increasing the amount of pressure within their gut so that it can create more stability for the lower spine. Anyways, back on topic, the heart and the diaphragm are the two most used muscles in the body. Most people in the modern world tend to use their secondary, their secondary uh, respiratory muscles instead of their primary, right? And this is really called paradoxical breathing if you want to be all fancy, but your secondary respiratory muscles, I, we call them secondary because uh, they can help, but they're really not built to do it. So they're really not that good at helping you breathe. They're, really not, they're good at helping you breathe, I guess is that's not true. So they're good at helping you breathe, but they're not good at making you breathe because they're very small. And usually they're all up in the neck and like the chest and stuff. So people who have paradoxical breathing, um, they try to make their chest move upwards and out instead of just having their gut kind of push out using their diaphragm, I guess is the best way to put that. So these types of people can get neck pain, headaches, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, this can, this can cause a ton of issues in the neck and then, you know, really breathing appropriately can, can help stabilize the, sp the spine and it can decrease stress. I mean, that's proven. Now, do you have proper mobility? If you don't, then obviously we need to work on mobility. Something I wanted to point out here is flexibility and mobility are two different things. A lot of people think that mobility is joints. Not true. That is not true. Um, it has to do with joints, but a lot of people, they just categorize flexibility as like your muscles lengthening and mobility has to do with your joints. And that's not true. That's just not true whatsoever. First and foremost, you cannot change the length of your muscle. So stop saying that. Flexibility is the ability of a muscle to lengthen passively through a range of motion. And mobility is the same thing, the ability of a joint to move actively through a range of motion. So mobility does have to do with joints. Flexibility does have to do with muscles and, and whatnot. But the main thing that I want to dive into that I really want y'all to, to hone in on is too many people focus on the joint and the muscle, right? Too many people say flexibility, muscle, mobility, joint. What I want y'all to remember is flexibility has to do with passive movement and mobility has to do with active movement through a range of motion. Passive is me walking up to you and me moving your arm around. Me making your arm and your shoulder move through a range of motion. Act And, and mobility, whenever we talk about this, is, is um, the ability of a joint to move actively through a range of motion. And that just means how well can you move your shoulder? Like it's one thing if I move your shoulder around, but how well can you move your shoulder? You can actively move your own shoulder. If there isn't proper mobility of the joint, your body will honestly just create compensation and to provide balance as, as best it can. If there's a rock in your shoe, it's gonna try to create balance as, as best as it possibly can. And unfortunately, eventually that balance is gonna wear and you're gonna start finding pain somewhere, which is why if someone has ankle pain, knee pain, hip pain, low back pain, if there isn't any trauma associated with it, usually the pain, where the site of the pain is, is the victim in the story. And we got to find the villain, the thing that's actually creating it. Otherwise, are also known as uh, kind of the rock on the shoe, if you will. 
Decreased mobility of a joint is either due to the joint itself or the muscles surrounding the joint. So again, this really just depends because if you, you know, back in the day, whenever I was fighting lions and tigers and bears, if I injured my neck, there wasn't a medical team to put a neck brace on my neck. So your body creates its own. It gets the muscles surrounding the area that is hurting and it spasms. That's what spasms are, muscle spasms. It is an increased percentage of subconscious contraction. Now, to put this in perspective, it's the same thing as me telling you to hold a water bottle. I think anyone listening to this would probably be, they'd probably do it pretty well, being able to just hold a water bottle. Now hold that water bottle with no, without any rest for six weeks. That's essentially what spasms are. Spasms are just constantly contracted muscles for the most part. Okay. So it's going to compensate somewhere else, usually up or down the chain at some point in time. Um, most of the time people with mobility issues are going to have more of like a stuck or like a pinching kind of sharp feeling during the movement. Um, this is very common during honestly multi-joint patterns. So squats, bench rest, deadlift, stuff like that. When I say multi-joint, I just mean like a squat, for example, if we're just talking about the lower extremity alone, I mean, you're talking multi-joint, right? Hips, knees, ankles, they're all moving. So this can obviously be, be worked on and treated by, you know, uh, a professional, a medical professional, uh, a DC, a DPT, NP, blah, 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 all the, all the acronyms. Um, this can also be programmed into your fitness systems. And this is where I think a lot of people, a lot of doctors get things uh, wrong, I guess, is, um, they are scared to load the body and we need load, right? We absolutely need it. That's the only way to, to literally change bone, ligaments, tendon, muscles is to actually create load. So we can treat it all day long. I can get in there. I can do muscle work all day long. I can adjust you all day long, but at the end of the day, we need to load it. This is where programming into your fitness is, is really important. This is why I believe that life is a sport. This is why I decided to get into online fitness coaching because I am a performance enhancement specialist. I also specialize in rehabilitation and they are the same. Fitness and rehab are the same. The only difference is that rehab is trying to get you back to what you used to be able to do, kind of getting you out of the hole, essentially. Fitness is where we decide um, what new goals you want to reach and how we can get there. So if you have shoulder pain, we should honestly consider loading that muscle. Now, do you have proper motor control, right? I mean, how well can you move, I guess, actively? And if we need to work on that, then we mainly just need to work on stabilizing your range of motion. This is something that's also pretty important to note. Notice I'm not talking, I'm not, I didn't say we need to stabilize your shoulder. We need to stabilize your neck. We need to stabilize your low back or your hip. I said we need to stabilize your range of motion. So that is important to, to find out what we need to stabilize, but I don't want to stabilize it stagnant, right? I want to, I want to stabilize you dynamically, I guess, right? Because we're built to move. So I want you to be, make sure that, that your shoulder is stable throughout its entire range of motion not just stable whenever you're typing up on a keyboard. This comes down to just how well you can move. Um, someone who doesn't really have proper motor control could be seen as clumsy almost. Let me ask you this. Uh, whenever you sit down on the couch, do you 
fall down, right? Like, do you slowly go down to the couch with like perfect range and perfect stability? Or do you get to a certain point and just kind of like fall backwards and just kind of fall onto the couch? That's kind of what I'm talking about. Um, someone like that really doesn't have the perfect amount of proper motor control. Um, at that point in time, just range of motion is vulnerable if it can't be stabilized. We have to have stability throughout a certain range of motion. Can you perform essential human movements? And if not, then we need to work on body weight movements. Now, what are the essential human movements? In my mind, there are six. There's pushing, pulling, squatting, hinging, twisting, and locomotion. As far as locomotion goes, I'm really just talking about lunging, stepping, running, going up and down stairs, walking, blah, blah, blah. But the essential human movements are pushing, pulling, squatting, hinging, twisting, and locomotion. For people, for, for, for people who don't know what hinging is, essentially I just want you to pretend that you're picking up you know, one of your dog's toys from the ground. We don't exactly pick it up in the perfect squat motion. We keep our knees relatively straight and we bend at our hips. And we just kind of bend over. Like whenever someone says, hey, touch your toes, that's what hinging at the hips is. Okay. But those are the essential human movements. Um, what's very important about these is, and the reason why they're essential human movements, is because it's what we all use on a daily basis. We push things. We pull things. We squat. We hinge. We twist. We walk. We go up and down stairs. Yada, yada, yada. A lot of people will never they say, well, I'm, you know, I don't squat every day. You do squat every day. I'm not talking about barbell squats, front squats. I'm not talking about goblet squats, things like that. I'm talking about squatting, just the motion of that squat. So I'll put it this way. I'm sitting down on a chair, right? So as soon as I'm done with this episode, I'm going to stand up and I'm probably going to go walk into the living room or the kitchen or what have you. But because I'm already in a seated position, whenever I stand up, going from a seated to a standing position is, in fact, a squatting motion. Going from standing to a seated position is, in fact, a squat. So I'm just talking about the motion itself. That's why I think everyone should be very, very, very good at those. Everyone should be doing squats. So, again, if, we, if, we, if you can't perform those essential human movements very well, then we need to work on body weight movements. So really the only load we're going to be talking about is gravity. And this is vital. Load, if we increase load, is going to exaggerate improper form. So it's absolutely imperative we get the form down perfectly before we start adding load. Okay, It's a slow process. It can be mind-numbing. can be a little bit boring at first, but I don't care because I don't want to hurt anyone. And being a good coach, um, this is what people have to do. This is what coaches should be doing, and they don't always do it. Slowly going uh, through these movements, um, honestly, and pause at certain points of time. Mainly at the bottom is when you should pause. Um, I'm very big in negatives. Negatives is just like, so if you're standing and you we're talking about squats, for example, we'll just keep on the squats. If you're standing and you go down into a seated position, you count to four on the way down. So you're not just going from standing to seated. You're going from standing and you go one, two, three, four. And on number four, so we're second four, that's when you're in a seated position. So it's just a slower 
down motion, if you will. There's a lot of research talking about how it's so much better for increase in power, hypertrophy, speed, the whole nine yards. And something that I really enjoy about it is that it takes away momentum a lot. It forces you to control it, which means that that whole muscle memory thing that people are, keep talking about is going to, um, what's the best way to put this? Show up much quicker, I guess is the best way to put that. Neuromuscular re-education if you want to get fancy with it. But at the end of the day, you're going to learn how to do it. You're going to teach your body how to do it much faster in that realm. Everyone's favorite. Do you have body relative strength? If not, then we need to work on progressive resistance training. This is where everyone jumps to. It took me a while to get here. There's a lot of prerequisites to it. I think a lot of people just jump to this one and they wonder why their shoulders hurt. They wonder why their hips start hurting, their knees start hurting, their ankles start hurting. Because they probably did this alone or they didn't have a coach or their coach is stupid or their personal trainer is stupid. I don't know. I don't know them. But there are a lot of prerequisites. We need to make sure that we, that we are able to do those things. And again, just to be clear, for anyone who eventually wants to um, wants to coach with me or anything like that, I don't start everyone at breathing. If you can breathe, good, we'll move on to the next one. If you have proper mobility, good, we'll move on to the next one. I just had to see and make sure that you can do those things so that things are safe. Remember our objectives. Objective number one is a decreased risk of musculoskeletal injury. Now, do you have proper endurance? If not, we need to work on aerobic capacity. This does not always mean running and jogging. Our ancestors would walk anywhere between 8 to 12 miles a day on average. It has walked for like ever. And again, my lifestyle doesn't require me to jog, so I really don't jog that much. Many people want to lose weight, so they go straight to running. Research shows that running really isn't the end-all be-all. Cardio isn't the best way to lose fat. I'm sorry. Peloton is not the best way to lose fat. It's just not. And someone out there is going to say, it's also not the worst way to lose fat. Yeah, no shit. Don't be a smartass. You know what I'm saying. It's just not. Cardio is not the best way to lose fat. To lose fat, you need more muscle. That increases metabolism. You also need to tap into your macros. We need to see where your hormone levels are. It gets very, very, very complex. So don't just jump right into cardio. Okay. Um... It's important to find out what their life requires, what your life requires. Do you sit all day? Do you stand all day? Do you walk around like I do? What do you do? Because that's important. Then once we tap into that, we can figure out what else we can do to help your endurance or to help your aerobic capacity. A lot of people love to do HIT, high intensity interval training. At the end of the day, HIT that's a that's a whole other topic, if I'm being honest. Um, most people don't do HIT correctly. And HIT is very popular because its claim to fame was to essentially train two different energy systems, if you will. Because it was a lot of like high intensity stuff, but also like it was I mean, your heart's pumping and it's almost borderline cardio. I mean it is. Its claim to fame was that it could uh, you could train your aerobic and anaerobic systems at the same time, which is impossible. So just there's a little you know, a little food for thought. Then sport activity specific, work on speed, power, hypertrophy, and skill. Now, you don't have to be in a sport. Remember, we gotta figure out what you're doing every day. So if you're picking up lumber every day, you should probably be very good at deadlifts. 
I mean, that's, that should make sense, right? I mean, if you're picking up lumber from the floor all day long, that's your job. That motion alone is a deadlift. This is why the essential human movements are, in fact, essential. This is where specificity comes into play. So what does your daily life require you to do? And this is where I talk to every single one of my clients to figure out what those things are. And then we tap into that and make sure that we can do it appropriately. So what do you do and how do you help aid your daily life? What does your work require you to do? Uh, what is your sport? If you're in a sport, what does your sport require you to do? Or your children? This is really where my programming becomes very specific. Very, very, very specific. So that's it. I was going to go off on a tangent and go off and be like, kind of dive into like pain science and stuff like that. But I think I'm going to hold that off until the next episode. We'll start talking about pain, what pain is how to control it, when it's appropriate, what it does, the whole nine yards. So, if you got any questions, please DM me. Um, you know where to find me. And uh, yeah, peace out. I appreciate y'all so much for listening. Do me a favor. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a five-star rating and review. Catch all the latest from me, or if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, find me on Instagram at Dr. Pivik. That's D-R period P-V-I-C-K. Thanks again. And remember, dysfunction is the prerequisite to pain. Weak things break. Consistency is king. See y'all next time.